Alright, hello and welcome to People of Glasgow. I'm your host and flaneur Raymond Williams and in this episode I talk to Davy Gobraith. Davy is a former professional mixed martial arts fighter who now owns and runs New Life Mixed Martial Arts Studio. For show notes for this episode, please visit peopleofglasgow.co.uk forward slash three. That's the number three, not the word. To follow the show, please visit peopleofglasgow.co.uk or find us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash peopleglasgow. That's peopleglasgow. There's no of in there. And now on to the episode. I thank you all. The last thing I heard was Tony, 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 splash. Davey, welcome to the show. Just <laughs> <laughs> jump in we'll the very start to begin with. So, how did you get into martial arts? Um, I was eight years old and um, I was involved in, uh, I, I was brought up in a scheme, so basically I just had to learn how to fight because uh, kids in schemes fight and um, I wasn't the best fighter, so um, my mum and dad didn't want me to get into boxing because of the blunt fo- because of the, the trauma at the head, continuous trauma at the head, so they got me into uh, kickboxing, um, yeah, so that's that's how I got into it. So so that was just, well, what year would that be then, roughly? Oh, so if I was eight years old, uh, I'm 32 now, um, so that's what, 24, 24 years ago, um, so I don't know, it's 19, uh, 19, 1995, is that right, yeah? I fight for a living, so I, I don't do maths, I don't do maths, that's why, I, that was another reason why I fight for a living, I'm not very good at maths. Because <laughs> I was going to ask, like I say, was that MMA, but I'm thinking at that time, presumably MMA was not a thing, I guess. No, so it didn't, it didn't exist, like, at that point, like, uh, it was like karate, kung fu, kickboxing, judo. You know, MMA wasn't a thing. Uh, I didn't get into MMA until I was 18. Um, so once I was 18, that's when uh, I, I got into mixed martial arts, which wasn't even really a thing then. Um, it was still just, it was called freestyle fighting. It was still the early doors. It was kind of, some it was bare knuckles, some it wasn't. Like, the, the sport was still forming at that time. And it still is just now. Actually, probably best just now to explain MMA, and you'll obviously give it a better description than I will, in case there's anyone listening that doesn't know what it is. So, just give a rough explanation of what MMA actually is. So, mixed martial arts in its uh, purest form really is what it says. It's a combination of most of the kind of major sports, the major arts. Uh, so, like boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, wrestling, Judo, all merged into one. So, you can punch, kick, knee, elbow, you can grapple, you can take your opponent down, you can continue to strike them whilst they're on the floor, you can choke them, manipulate joints, get them in arm locks, um, stuff like that. And it's over basically the course of normally three five minute rounds or five five minute rounds for a title fight. So, um, it's a very, um, it's a very um, challenging sport. It's very, um, you need to be an athlete to. You don't need to be an athlete to do it. You need to be an athlete to compete, um, as well as a very skilled overall um, martial artist. One thing I will say though is, um, it's not a it's not a weaponized or street sport, a uh, street art. It's for it as a sport and it's for to compete with. So, what was your training look like? What did that look like then when you started out? So, eight years old. How often were you training as a kid? Uh, so I went to a, it was a club in the playdome. It was um, it was with my coaches uh, Craig Foster and and Kate Foster actually married now. Uh, they weren't married at the time, but they met through uh, the the club. Uh, so I trained there on a Tuesday and then a Thursday. So I only trained twice a week. Uh, kickboxing, 
and um, it was just in a just in a sports hall. That was it. It was just hard floors in a sports hall. They hired it out for the council, and uh, I went along and uh, and trained at that. Although I'd done other other training, different sports and stuff like that, just just for fun, just as you did as a kid. Um, I really enjoyed that. Like. I found it difficult coming to terms with the challenge of it because obviously it's very uncomfortable the, with the physical part of it, like the exercises. And it's quite a soft kid, um, quite a quite a sensitive kid, I would say, when I was younger. So uh, for me to get into a, quite a quite a rough sport was was particularly challenging um, for me. And understanding that now as an adult, why? Um, as I, I could see the 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 it really kind of. It kind of like desensitised me to pain a wee bit, you know what I mean? It helped me deal with challenges and um, helped me deal with uh, kind of the, the pain of physical activity or the pain of growth or the pain of development. So, um, yeah, that was, that was it really. It was just a hobby. I was never the most talented. I was never the I was never the kid that was uh, that had all the gifts. I had all the answers. I was, I was never like that, but I was always very, very determined. Like, And that's really what that's pulled me through a lot of things in, in life and uh, combat sports and in business. Um so that was that was really that was really at, at that stage for me as a kid. I wasn't wasn't loads of loads of training. It was just twice, three times a week. So it's like a kind of continuous road then, like you got in into kickboxing, you just fell in love with like martial arts and just I know you've played other sports, you ever actually fall away from fighting? Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really say it was a. It was a. It was an instant love uh, for the sport. I enjoyed it, and it wasn't like I wasn't like again one of these kids that that went through life as as a kind of serious talent. And I, I just liked it. Like I like I say, like I, I went there because I was motivated to train to defend myself. And as I, as I grew up, like I kind of fell away from it. Like as you do, kind of sixteen, seventeen, you start to you know drink. you start to <laughs> drink. I wasn't drinking underage, obviously, <laughs> mum. If you're listening, um, uh, I started. As, you know, you start to see interest in girls and going out and hanging about with your pals and all that kind of stuff that you do as part of growing up. Um, but then I got back into it again when I was eighteen. I was eighteen. Uh, I got well seventeen. I got back. I was playing football and I was I was doing kickboxing. But when I was 18, um, I, I, I was involved in an incident where I was stabbed five times um, with a bottle, uh, three times in the back of the head, once in the neck, nearly paralysed from the neck down, nearly hit my main nerve, nearly hit my, my jugular uh, artery, nearly uh, killed me. Um, and I got once on the hip as well. So it was after that, like, I became seriously motivated to train, like, serious, like, it was like a burning desire, it wasn't, it was a necessity, it was an essential, like, one, that wasn't going to happen to me again, and um, two, I, I had a lot of anger to, to channel into something, because I was really, really angry, like, really angry, um, the situation that happened, so, um, the good thing, martial arts, really, I was so motivated to do it, that it was like, it became... Part of what I lived and breathed, like it was a priority to me. Nothing else mattered. Um, so that was really when I, I began to take it serious because I was training every day, day and night, constantly. Um, and uh, along the way, when you do something and you do a lot of it, you get good at it. You know what I mean? So I ended up creating a, a better state, a better life for myself. I ended up creating a, a better quality of life, a more um, positive one, and that was through my own personal development through martial arts and 
again, I had the work ethic, I, you know, but the the thing that that instant gave me was the real motivation and a burning desire to do it, and it was relentless, you know what I mean, it was bigger than me, it was bigger than life itself, like, and a lot of it was emotional, but as humans we're emotional creatures, so, um, and I'm an emotional creature, so, um, that was uh, it. Was just that's that's how things really materialised for me, and that's that's where I began to get some some success in the sport and and now in business. So was that just like an unprovoked attack, or just some mental drunk guy? Or? No, it was uh, it was my friends. Uh, it was a. Uh, a house uh, that that was part of the difficult the difficult thing it came to, to, for me to deal with it is it was people who I knew so it wasn't just a case it was an unprovoked that that was why I was so angry exactly but it was just uh, it was it was a group of people who I knew I'd stayed in Yoker and I'd moved away and um, there was no real motive at the face of it like you know like there was any big situation I think maybe they just didn't like that and moved away I don't know I still don't really don't know to this day um, I don't I don't really care now um, but it was it was quite a difficult situation um, but the good thing about it is it, it helped me learn like you know the importance of you become who you're surrounded by and you know that, that really that really <laughs> hit hard, you know what I mean, hit hard, there was, there was seven of them, there was seven of them, so it wasn't just a case I got stabbed, I, I got beat up, but don't get me wrong, like, but I gave as good as I got, you know what I mean, like, but at the same time as well, you've got seven guys with, with bottles, you know what I mean, it's, you, you're up against it, it doesn't matter how good you are, it's, um, uh, yeah, and it was a challenging situation to say, say the least, but what can I say, I, like, now I've really came, came through it, and um, it's, it's, one of the best things that's probably happened in my life just because it's put me in the direction that I'm in just now and if it never happened I might not be where I'm right now. Um at the same time as well, it's also lucky that I, I wasn't paralysed and right down, I wasn't killed. I was very fortunate, very, very fortunate. Um because the odds were stacked against me but um the way I see it is that the odds are in my favour now because of it and life in general because I've got a amazing opportunity and amazing people running about me and you know I, I get to live and breathe and, and practice the thing that I love on a daily basis, the very thing that helped me turn my life around and I can now pay that forward and, and let other people turn their life around and help change their life and that's why it's called New Life Gym because it, it does what it's it says on the tin. That was one of my questions, so you yeah. answered that one already. <laughs> uh, so when you were dedicated, like, don't, don't know about that now. Yeah, like, I guess it's... When you hear about people that treat people do a sport and they do it all day every day, it's like MMA. If a fighting thing is one of the ones that comes up, so you see like swimmer swim all day. Mm-hmm. You don't hear about basketball players playing basketball all day, but mm-hmm. fighters seem to train all day. So, what kind of training was that? Like, was just was it, I mean, that's, a, that's such a big question, but you know, so for me, technique and yep. So, so for me, really, like particularly for me, I didn't really have all these facilities and all these coaches and all these great things that our guys have got now. Um, I've I, I really done a lot of my training on my own because uh, nobody really knew. People knew they had to train, but you're kind of watching tutorials, videos, you're rolling about with your pals, you were going to a club here, going to a club there because it wasn't really a sport. It wasn't like judo where you could go to this big facility or a boxing club. Where you could, you know, It was very much in its infancy stages. So a lot of my training was in, like I trained in my bedroom. 
Like I would do like kettlebell training. I would, uh, you know, I had a bag at my back. Like uh, part of my training was going to classes. Yep, that that was part of it. Um, but it was maybe two or three classes that they had a week, and then I do kickboxing on top of that. And I'd, so I'd go to a lot of different clubs and training different martial arts. And I just found I was just looking at the sport and going, right, what do I need to improve on here? I need to get good at everything. So I'd find a wrestling club. I'd find a boxing club. I'd find a a kickboxing club. I'd, I'd always stuck with my kickboxing coach. I never never went anywhere else I stuck with them for that um, and then I'd find like maybe a Muay Thai club or you know or, uh, and then with my MMA coach that was more Jiu Jitsu they focused on the Jiu Jitsu and uh, we, we that's that was basically that entailed and then strength conditioning like I say I, I had a 16 kilo kettlebell and I just I just trained in my room I just had a train in my mum and dad's back garden um, that was really it uh, or I would get like rocks and stuff that I could that I could throw about like um, and yeah I'd just get like buses here there and everywhere so um, it was just a case I was travelling about with this kettlebell on my way to training on the bus um, uh, I wondering if I was going to get to jail because nobody really seen a kettlebell at that time it just just looked like I was tooled up or something like so uh, I was just I was just like right if, I wonder if I'll get to jail with this like you know what I mean stuff like that so but um, like I say like it's nothing like now like I've got other coaches here like no I'm, I'm I'm retired now I don't fight anymore but I've got other coaches here or guys have got other coaches here I still train though uh, and we've got it all under one roof so they don't need to go away and do all that so um I, t- I trained more than most. I, t- I trained kind of like six hours a day in preparation for fights. Um, a lot of people never done that. Um, as a lot, I don't train that much now. But again, it was bigger. It was bigger to me than just fighting or participating in a sport. It was. It, it was. It was bigger than me. So it really gave me the motivation and drive, and uh, I, I was incentivized to train on my own when other people weren't. Um, as my uh, career progressed and I started to go professional, you know, I'd started, I, I started my own club, I'd started my own gym, uh, and I would go and I would again just seek out other training partners, other coaches, and I travelled. I'd go to Thailand, I'd go down south, I went to America. So as I progressed as a as a fighter and an athlete, that's when I began to travel. I've been to America, you know, four, five, six times, maybe. Uh, Thailand three, four times, down south a lot, in Denmark, just always training, like going to these places and, and training just to get the, the best the best source of information, you know, the best the best quality information and the best the best quality of spam partners as well. So um like I say, it just it evolved um because you could see obviously that where where the good training was at, but that was a great opportunity to, to travel as well. And I still, uh, and I'm still able to do that. You know what I mean? I'm still able to travel. I'm still going, and I st- I'm still continually looking to improve and develop. So, if you had to characterise yourself as a fighter, how would you class yourself, if possible? <laughs> uh, it's a characterise myself as a fighter. Do you mean in terms of my my ability or my personal character as a as a person, or more more person? Is that person. what I was going there? Uh, so actually it's a good question I don't know if I'm answering this right but I'll give you an answer anyway uh, so my fight name is a gladiator uh, my fight name is a gladiator as in Russell Crowe gladiator uh, and I, the yeah, I, so I wear, I wear the, the, the gladiator mask and stuff like that from the entrances but I always seen myself as, as a gladiator and obviously gladiator is about the you know the uh, the guy who was was exiled and he was 
he was put in a, as a as a warrior, put in as a slave to fight, and you know, and he was put in, uh, and he uh, that was his position in his life, and he was uh, the 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 guy who overcame adversity. And I seen I seen and felt a wee bit of myself in that character, and that's how it was so relatable to me because um, I I felt particularly like when I was brought up, it was quite a. It was very challenging for me, and it was something that I, I never really came to terms with, and that's one of the reasons why I, I came out of it. Like, all right, because people that are brought up in schemes, man, like the amount of people that I've seen that have died or went to jail or they've got a bad drug problem or drink problem, like people don't just get out of schemes, you know what I mean? Like, you need to have something a bit different, and I was a bit different, and ultimately for that I was exiled a bit you know what I mean I was I was alienated to, to some degree because I just didn't fit in and I'm glad I didn't fit in because if I fitted in that's where I would belong um, so uh, that really um, that character for me really really is something uh, that really that I could relate to and I'd like to see myself as quite a quite a moral ethical person I would like to see myself as that and uh, again that was the, the, the whole the character who had integrity uh, who had honour who had respect you know what I mean and that's actually a core values of our business it's respect, honour, integrity, community discipline, truth um, the kind of core values of um, the core values of traditional martial arts um, so I've seen a lot of myself in, in, in that, category, that, that, uh, that character uh, so I'd I, that that was how I felt myself as you know, uh you know as a as as a, as a gladiator, a modern day gladiator, and that is effectively what fighters are, people who fight to entertain the public, and you know, um, for me it was a uh, it was also a way for me to to make a life and and fight for my freedom ultimately. So when you went professional, do you know what year that was? I went professional when I was uh, twenty three. So that was um, so that was what two thousand and eight or something like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. How did that come about? You, I mean, I don't know how. What's the final step from being amateur to going pro? Is it getting a certain amount of fights under your belt or? Basically, I. I mean, it's it's not like other sports where you know there's this like official kind of route where you go through and you that's it. You've been scouted, so now you're professional. It's kind of like a conversation that we had between me and my coach, and like that's it. You're pro now. That that's it. Like that that's really it, doesn't it? Is that that's it. You're pro. Well done. And then it's like you're now fighting different rules. Um. So. Um. That that's a kind of that's a wee that is a wee bit of a problem in the sport because ultimately anybody can fight pro. There's no sanctioning, but it's something you have now formed a governing body, a, a sanctioning body to um, to help prevent things like that from happening. Um, but uh, for for people's safety first and foremost. Um, but for me, I'd, I'd had like six or six amateur MMA fights and. Um, I really wanted to turn pro, and I, I kept pestering my coach like, "I want to fight pro," and he got me a pro, got my pro fight, and um, I was like, "Yes, that's that." And I went in, and I got my shoulder dislocated because I wouldn't tap it, so um, it wasn't a great start. But you know, uh, me, me being me, like stubborn as hell, like I never tapped it in a fight. Twenty-three MMA fights, I never tapped it ever. Knocked it. I've been finished. I've been, been hurt. <laughs> I've never tapped it. Call it ego or stubbornness or whatever. Like, I just I wanted to send a message to people. You can't stop me. You, you, my mentality at the time was you're going to kill me to stop me. 
Like, and that did send out a message. People knew enough fight me around for a tough fight, regardless of better me. Like, they knew I was a hard grafter, and they knew I, I didn't have any quit in me. I didn't care. If you're gonna if you're gonna get me in a number, you're gonna need to snap my arm, like, because I'm not tapping. Um, so, um, but that was just through sheer resilience and determination. That's a, that's the way I am. You know what I mean? I get when I when I set my mind on something, it's set. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm committed to that, and I don't I don't just say it. Like, I'll, I'll apply it. Um, and that was that was the way. That was just the way I was. I didn't I didn't tap out. Um, I would never encourage anybody else to do that. It's not the it's not the smartest thing to do. It's <laughs> definitely not the smartest thing to do because uh, you're playing with your your life in your hands. You know what I mean? Because um, ultimately, if you're getting choked you could get killed, like, you know what I mean? So at that point, you should maybe tap. But again, I embodied a, a fighter and I never give up attitude and I, I embodied that when I was fighting. If you're training and the training's getting really, really tough, do you visualise struggling in a fight? What, what gets you through really intense training? Or is it nothing? Do you just zone out? Or uh, really, I, I used what, what, I, what I had to. I used what I... I used what I, I had at the time. So for me, like again, my, my motivation, a big driving force for me was the, the instant that it happened. So I used that when I needed it. But the good thing for that is it really allowed me to discipline my emotions and use them as I needed them um, to, to fuel me. Uh, in terms of competitiveness, it, it, it varied from opponent to opponent. I actually, I actually performed better when I hated my opponent or didn't like them. Um, I, I, if I liked my opponent, I struggled a wee bit because um, I felt an, an element of empathy towards them. I was empathetic, which you can't be in a fight. As well, and I just didn't like somebody. I really wanted to hurt them, you know what I mean? And um, that was better for me. So it kind of varied from from uh, fight to from fight to fight. But when I was training, I, I used really what emotions or what I had to at the time that allowed me to, to discipline them. Um, but visualization, yeah, I visualized, I did visualize my fights. I visualized it day and night. I obsessed over it. Like when I trained, I was obsessed over it. And I, I had a fight, I was obsessed over it. And I would, I'd visualize my opponent day and night. And I was focused on, on beating them on their strengths and on their weaknesses. And anytime I did visualize, I, I visualized positively. Um, I visualized myself in good positions. And when I was in bad positions, I was getting out. So, when I was training, all I could really think about was that fight day and night. Uh, I was training it, I was eating it, I was sleeping it. Uh, if I wasn't, then I wasn't. I wasn't doing it right because I'm no. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get my checkers. You know what I mean? I'm. I'm going to a cage with somebody to to punch love and hell at them, and they're going to be trying to kill me. You know what I mean? So it's at the end of the day for me. I was. I was. I was always visualizing and. Um, it, it was a bit do or die for me. Um, that's that's the way I seen it. So um, that's that that was really what what pulled pulled me through um, and put me into it. But I mean, I, I don't obviously I'm retired now, so I, I don't really have that same drive for it because I'm no I'm no I, I'm competitive. But I'm not a competitive fighter anymore. Um, so I visualization was always always a big part of my training because um, you can only train so much the physical body. Um, you also need to uh, work out the psychological side of it as well, and 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 that's 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 a big part. Of it. It's all it's all psychological. Your body's just a vehicle anyway. And then did you ever? I don't know if it's even is it possible in a fight to be too aggressive? Like saying you work best when you hate someone. Was it possible to get 
like tilt too much, be too emotional about it, and just lose. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, you, you can get too aggressive, but that's the thing. It's a, it's a, it's an art form and learning when to use that and when not to. And it's, for some people, it's quite difficult to switch on and off. Um, in terms of like, 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 like an opponent that maybe didn't like and I was motivated to beat. Um, I was at my best when I was aggressive, uh, but ah, uh, you can be too aggressive because it's a technical art as well. You need to be strategic and technical. You can't just win a fight based on pure emotion. Um, so I, I would say, like you know, it, it, it could have been a weakness in in, in certain situations. Um, although like it is combat, it is conflict. So you know, ag- aggression goes a long way. You know what I mean? And, not just aggression as an emotion, aggression as in stylistically, who's the aggressor, you know what I mean? Because if you're putting pressure on somebody continually, struggle to deal with that, you know what I mean? It's, it's then who's going to break first. So, yeah, as a balancing act, it really is. And it's, um, to be honest, uh, I, I, I've got the solutions for other people. I'm good at telling people, like, what's the best way to do it. Um, I, maybe no, the the best myself. Um, still, but everybody's developing, everybody's improving every day, or they should be, and it's still some. It's still something that I'm working on. So obviously, I'm training, and good thing is I don't get a really emotional response and inspiring. I'm, I'm, I'm that far on in it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm long in the tooth now. I've done it a long time, so I don't really get emotional responses inspiring. I'm technical now. You know what I mean? Like where I was fighting, I don't know. Like there is going to be emotion cause adrenaline, um, and fear, um, but. Um, it's something that I'm a wee bit less experienced in than than um, than than combat or, or martial arts is is business, and sometimes I can get a wee bit emotional in, in that. But I'm still building my experience and and business as well. And again, that's a that's an art that I'm crafting, and that's just due to a wee bit of inexperience. So that's just perspective for me between how I act in sparring and and training, and how I act in sparring and business. It's uh. It's it's a bit of perspective, and it's just it's down to experience, really. It's going to be one of my questions later on as well: was the competitiveness in the sport if it applies when you're running a company as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many pro fights did you have? Pro fights, uh, in total, I had seventeen pro fights. What was your record? Uh, Ten wins, seven losses. You retired fairly recently. You retired then. Uh, it was only a couple of years ago I retired. Um, I went to. Uh, I won my last two two fights. I had a boxing fight and I had an MMA fight um, on both from the knockout. And then I went to uh, the Ultimate Fighter editions in Vegas um, for like the fourth or fifth time. And I, I just went and, you know, I'm no, I'm no down talking the UFC or anything like that. I think it's, it's great what they're doing. It's a great opportunity for anybody who's part of the UFC. But it just wasn't for me anymore. You know what I mean? I was just there and... I went in and I, I done the tryouts and I know the system and I know how it works. It's not really, it's not always about how good you are. It's it's one about your record and to who you know as well. And they'd already had their guys picked when you're up, so that was cool with that. I went in and rolled with a guy. I was pretty dominant all the way through. And but even at that, I just, I, I was just looking a bit, man. And I seen everybody in the room and I was just like, this isn't what I want anymore. And UFC was coming to Glasgow and I, I spoke with a guy. Uh, the guy Sean Shelby, the matchmaker, and I said to him, I says, "Listen, I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I, I'm in Glasgow. I've got a gym, you know, this kind of stuff." And he's like, "Keep," he says, "Keep yourself taking over, you know what I mean? Like, you never know, you get pullets and stuff like that." And after that, I just decided, I went. I spent all this time pursuing 
this kind of dream of getting to the UFC and I just decided that's not what I wanted anymore. I was just like, I don't want this. I don't want to be in the UFC. I was like, I seen more what it was about with a kind of more sensible set of eyes on it than what I did when I was young, full of testosterone and a bit ego-driven as well, as well. I kind of seen it for what it is and again, I'm no down talking. I just, I was just like, this isn't for me anymore. I want to build my business. I want to build my family, I want to be there for my son, I want to be there for my wife, I want to be there for my, um, I want to be there to build my business and I need to look after my health as well, like, so how many times do I get in there, like, I don't have the burning desire to, to go in there and, and everybody to look at me and me be this fighter and, do you know what I mean, I didn't care, I didn't care what people thought of me and I didn't care what people thought of me when I, when I was in there and to be honest with me, I, yeah, I was just like, I was like, I, I, I'm not that guy and I recognised it I was like I'm not that guy anymore I was like I don't fight's a fight to me now I was like it's no I got all that that anger out of my system <laughs> like as soon as I retired I was like i glad I got that out of my system <laughs> and I was like I was like after like I don't know like 12 years a, a competitive MMA fight and all this anger and aggression because of uh, a multitude of factors but because I was angry because of something that happened I was like ah glad I got out of my system all that time and it was like I was glad I got out of my system you know what I mean um, but then I, I really seen I was like ah, it's time time to, time to put my family first and time to put my, my business first and because competitive fighting's a you need to be quite selfish with it, you know what I mean? And you don't actually get that much. You get a lot kind of personally, like personal gains and get personal lows as well, but financially there's no really anything in it, you know what I mean? You see all these fighters, and honestly, like you, you would think, looking at them, it's, it's not like boxing, they're getting millions, you know what I mean? Like, And then by the time you pay your tax on it and you, you pay your management, and you know what I mean? You're, you're not really getting, you pay the time you pay for your training, you pay the time with the best guys in the world, down in America and stuff like that, getting the best partners, sparring partners, training partners, like, you spent your, your, your wages before you've even, before you've even stepped in the cage, and then, if you've done all that, and you get injured, or your opponent gets injured, and see the thing as well, what, you always want fighting the UFC, usually too, we'll just cut your contract, and it's cutthroat, it's corporate stuff, just like, that's it, you're out, we don't need you anywhere, like, you know what I mean, so, that was the thing for me, because I'm not really a, I'm not really a, a, a cutthroat kind of guy, I'm not really a corporate kind of guy, you know what I mean, and, I was just like that, a person, I was like that, I don't have no intention of being treated like that, I don't, I don't want to be treated like that, so why would I put myself in a situation where I, I could just get cut, but that's fine, that's business, you know what I mean, that's, that's the way it is, like, like I say, but I just wasn't willing to, to expose myself on that, that level, I'd continue to expose myself on that level, just to, just for the, the, the kind of, just for the, the, the sense of saying that I'd maybe fought in the biggest organisation in the world because that didn't really matter to me at that point, you know what I mean? So I was just like, nah. Even if they offered me a fight, I wouldn't have took it. I wouldn't if they offered me. And if they offered me then, I would just like, nah. <laughs> That's not what I want. So things change, man. You know what I mean? Things change and uh, we're always changing as people and I had changed and I have changed and... That's no, that's no what I wanted. I'd love to see my guys get there if that's what they want to do. If they don't, then that's fine. That's what they want to do. It's as long as they're doing what they want to do, they're ultimately being themselves, who they are. There's nothing worse than doing something that you don't like or you don't want, or being a person you don't want to be for the sake of trying to impress or kind of get the gratitude of other people. You're as well just being yourself.
What was your best moment in your pro career? Uh, oh, that's an easy one. Uh, my old, my old foe, Bobby McVitie. Uh, we love to hate each other. Uh, he's a, he's actually, do you know what? He's actually, he's a grander scheme of things. He's a, he is a nice guy, you know what I mean? He is, but we did love to hate each other at the time, and um, I thought we loved to hate each other so much that we that we fought each other three times. Um, so we we couldn't get enough of each other. Um, could call it a bit of a relationship, but a rocky one. No, uh, no, as in rocky Balboa, as in rocky floors, rocky mountains. Um, but not uh, like a rocky Adrian one. Um, so uh, I I fought Bobby the first time and and I won. Uh, by real naked choke, and uh, we'd, we'd really hyped to fight up. We'd done a lot of kind of smack talking and stuff, and uh, I contacted Bobby because there was, there was bigger fights on the card than us. I was like, let's get a bit of attention on us, Bobby. And um, I think further down the line, like, I could kind of see Bobby was starting to believe it, and I'm like, Bobby, man, like, well, we've only done this to get eyes on us, but then because he started to believe it, I was like, who's he talking to? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, and then we started to believe it. Uh, are in are in bullshit basically, um. So uh, we we ended up like we actually what we're saying began to materialise, and then it it he said we crossed a line when he done your more joke, when he your more your more joke, and I was like, oh wait a minute, you've crossed a line here, man. Like I didn't say it about bringing my mom into this, alright. <laughs> so um, so I I soon stuff when it got serious. I was like, so um. Uh, we fought each other second time. I was in a four man on a four man tournament. Um, Bobby beat his opponent really early in the first round. I think like a minute or something like that. Really came into the next fight fresh. My fight went the distance. The full two rounds. My uh, it was it was it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a hard fight. The, the guy was a wrestler, so it was it was annoying more than anything else. And it was just because we're we're rolling, we're, we're wrestling a lot of the time. Like it was it was it was physically exhausting. Although I would never really say it was it was a hard fight. Cause it wasn't really even that. It was quite frustrating. Um, just because stylistically the the type of fighter that he that he is, uh, I then went on to fought Bobby absolutely exhausted. I remember looking at myself in the mirror, going, "I can't believe I'm fighting him here." As I've got three minutes in the tank, if I don't finish him in three minutes, like I'm done. The fight went the distance, didn't it? It's online, like this is a war, man. This is like my f- I, I look like sloth at the Goonies, like my my face is like a big hematoma coming out the side of my face. The point my uh, Paul McVeary commented, and he's like, he's like, this is ridiculous. He's like, this is ridiculous. This fight's even gone, man. David just doesn't know how to quit, and how how can he even continue? And it's all this kind of stuff, and it did become a bit like it did become a bit like a rocky, like a rocky scene, and uh, it was just I remember people still come up to me just now, like I remember when Bobby had you in that armbar and you got out, and he, he had me an armbar and I just wasn't happening it was fully extended and everybody thought I was done but I got out and do you know what I lost that fight but I won I won a lot of fans and I won I, I won some very valuable friends in my life as well because people there see me for the first time and they came up and spoke to me and they're now very close fa- family friends like they just got married um, recently they're, they're such a nice family and do you know what if that was a, the price I had to pay to get get to meet have some really nice people like that in my life i'd pay the price again i lost the fight i lost the fight and uh bobby won it and it was a title and it was a really hard hard loss for me to take because bobby started getting quite big opportunities in his career after that because he'd beat me and i had quite a decent decent name for myself at the time and uh, it was quite a big title it was one of scotland's biggest shows at the time as well and um, i think at that time it was scotland's biggest show and uh 
I took it really, I took it pretty hard. It was a tough defeat, and I, I knew I was better than them. I knew I was, and I, I, I didn't get that result on that night. So, um, we, we, I won one, he won one, and we had to have the trilogy match. So, my favourite moment was when it was back at the playdome where I done my first ever kickboxing classes with my coaches. So I was getting a bit back to the roots. Um, it was like it was quite nostalgic and. I was like, back to where it all began, you know what I mean? And it was the third, the trilogy fight. And just the whole experience there, it was amazing. And, you know, I really went out to Thailand to train for it. Um, even the, the build-up to it was quite fun as well. I was playing some mind games uh, with Bobby uh, through some mutual friends. I was sending messages. I was messing about and I wasn't training. And, you know, I was out partying and out drinking and I wasn't taking a fight serious. But in actual fact, I was in Thailand and I was training my ass off. Like, I was, see that burning desire? I had that, you know what I mean? And it was because he beat me and I was like, I had that burning desire. And I I put everything out. I was like, and and I, I really, I was motivated because I didn't like him. I was motivated. Um, I was motivated to beat him. Um, and on the last week of the fight, I released a statement in the, uh, the Scottish Herald um, saying, Telling them exactly what I'd done. Um, it was to lure them into a false sense of security. Because um, if he thinks I'm messing about, he, he might have a tendency to mess about a wee bit. Uh, but by that time, it's too late because it's a few days out to the fight. And the sense of security I've given him before the fight has just been taken away. So I really enjoyed it. The mind games, I had the opportunity to play with that one. Uh, I, by the way, I don't conduct myself like this normally. The good thing about fighting is you have a license to be a wee bit naughty. Um, I think if I was that way inclined, I'd probably be dangerous. But <laughs> I'm uh, just, uh, 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 but that's, that's the only really time I'd, I'd, I'd done that. And uh, apart from like, other fights, I've done, done it in fights. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't date in life in general. It's not a life uh, where I behave in life in general. But um, ended up uh, uh, and. I could have finished him. I, I said, I said in a statement before. I said I'm going to go and I'm just going to batter him for three rounds, and I'm not going to finish him. And at the time, like I said, Bobby's Bobby's a decent guy in the grander scheme of things. He is a nice guy, uh, but at the time, I've never enjoyed uh, punching somebody so much in my life. Like I, I, I didn't want. I, I could have finished him. Like I know I could have, but I didn't want to. I wanted to drag it out because I was having such a good time. And I remember at one point I was loving that much. I, I was laughing. I, I was. I had. He was on the floor. And I was on top of him, and I was laughing at him. And I was. I was talking to him, and I was like, ah, "Do you like that?" And he's like, "Yeah, what?" And I was like, "Do you like that, you wee bitch?" And he's like, "Yeah, I." And I went, "Is that right?" And he's like, "I just started elbowing him in the face." And I was like, "Ah, you're not liking it now." <laughs> and uh, well, just what kind of laugh? He was laughing at me as well. You know what I mean? We're having a conversation with each other, and then. Uh, and then after the, the bell had kind of went and Bobby just almost got an armbar, but I'd stopped and he continued. He's just in fight or flight, so he's just continued to, to, to pop on and it was on, but the bell had went at the end of the fight and he, he tore my bicep and stuff like that. It was, quite, it was quite a bad injury and the referee jumped in and pulled him off me. Um, so it was like, even when it was done, it wasn't done, you know what I mean? So, But that, that was that was a highlight of my career, but I really enjoyed it, the whole experience of it. I enjoyed, um, I had a wee licence to be a bit naughty, just with the kind of stuff I was talking about, and that's a good thing. It's, it's been naughty in a controlled environment, um, but I'm really thankful I was able to, Bobby was able to share these moments in my life, you know what I mean? We won some, we lost, we lose some, but on the grander scheme of things, like, it doesn't really matter, you know what I mean? What really matters is again the things that I spoke about and it's family and it's you know, it's 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 having having a life with your family and, you know, being being happy in your life. Like 
but it just so happens that fighting was part of that journey for, for me and Bobby and me and Bobby are both retired now. Bobby's a family man himself and do you know what? If we if we talk, you know what I mean? It's it's a case of alright, Bobby, how are you doing? Like uh, we don't that 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 disliking for each other doesn't continue, you know what I mean? It was it's because we're basically we're in the same weight category. Both of us were doing kinda well for ourselves and we were in each other's way, so um we're in each other's firing line. So we didn't like each other, you know what I mean? We didn't like each other's character at the time for whatever reason. But fundamentally we're on the same journey and we're we're doing the same thing and we wanted the same outcome and and now the both of us don't fight, we're we're family men, you know what I mean? And in the grander scheme of things, that's that's what's important, and um, like I say, I've probably got more in common with, than what you you could really imagine. I think the, the problem was we had too much in common. <laughs> I need to go back to this now. So I was thinking about it mm-hmm. earlier there. So what was the break between those two fights then? If you were gubbed to start the second one, how long a break did you have? It was quite long, but that was part of the problem because then it was an adrenaline dump. So it's probably about right. probably about three hours. Right. So I thought to start the show, and then I thought right to the end of the show. But it would have been easier just for fighting back to back. Really yeah, would ask have. if it's like an hour's better than three hours. Ah, it's just the, the time the adrenaline dumps kicked in, man. It's a crash. You know what I mean? Because you need to reignite that adrenaline again, and you've only got so much adrenaline you can use in one night. And if you're going to fight twice, especially in MMA, it's not like other sports. It's it's so vers- versatile, dynamic. So many things going on. Um, that ah, it's so easy to get injured as well. You know, it's not it's not badminton. We can do a tournament, or you know what I mean. Or you can do football tournaments, or even at that, like you know, really have people playing the same day. But you're playing a really tough game, and the same twice in the same day, and the games. Well, let's try and kill the other guy. <laughs> so you might have answered this oh, potentially already. So your worst moment, because it might be losing one of those fights to Bobby, is what's your lowest moment in? It was one of them. Uh, I'd say my my worst, my lowest, one of my lowest moments, fight wise, was at least with Bobby, it was a tough fight. I got beat. I still believe I won it, but at the same time as well, you know what I mean. When it's that close, you can lose. One of my toughest moments was a fight where I I felt I got quite badly stitched up. I felt uh, some of the the influences on it were very biased, and it was quite unjustified the way I was treated. And that's something I really struggle to deal with is unjustified behaviour or something unjustified that impacts me. Um, right for the way the, the weigh-ins, the weigh-ins were set up, everything, there was no clarity. It's kind of muddy water, you know what I mean? Like the guy wasn't weighing in in front of me. Uh, the guy who was on the show, it was a home show. Um, you know, there was a lot of bad things going on in the background that I didn't like. And then the actual fight itself was was just I wasn't myself, you know what I mean? There was so many other influences stacked against me that I don't think no matter what I would have done that night, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't destined to win that, you know what I mean? And I felt that the, the promotion were working against me and that was a really tough one to take. That was really, really hard, you know what I mean? Um, one a, a tough one for me as well was when I got knocked out off a, a Robert Whiteford who made it su- successfully to the UFC, knocked me out and, you know, that was a tough one for me as well. But at the end of the day, at least... At least grab one fair and square, you know what I mean? He knocked me out, and um, there's no dispute in that. But that was so difficult for me to take because I moved in the gym. I was living in the gym, and I was training six hours a day, and I was training day and night. And I, I was moving down a weight category, and it was do or die. And I just left my fight team, and I was starting up main fight team, and it was like I'm starting up main fight team here, and it was it was everything, you know what I mean? Like, but the the thing that I struggle to deal with is how can you put so much into something? 
and no get the result you wanted. It was so, it was so so difficult for me to take. You know what I mean? Like physically, I was I was in I was in good condition. The weight club was terrible. I I went deaf in one ear and I went in with a dry brain, and that was partially the reason why I went to sleep. Um, apart from the fact that Rab hits like a train anyway, you know what I mean? Like he's he's he's, he's a hard hitter and he's a good fighter. He made it to UFC for a reason. Um, but part of that reason, I got because I'd never been knocked out like that before. You know what I mean? And you know, I was I was fighting well. I was fighting good. I landed three head kicks in the first round, and Rab got a takedown and and just it just went out. And but it was a way that you're going to be emotional when you get knocked out like that. So that that was a tough one to take, just because I was like, how can I put so much into something and not get anything from it? It's a very valuable lesson to learn. But I probably say that the other one that I was talking about, where I, where I was, I was treated quite badly, and I felt it was unjustified the way I was treated, and it had an impact on my performance. Um, it's it's actually online. Um, it still it still angers me that it still angers me. So I still get annoyed about that. I don't like un, unjustified treatment of people, and um, I don't like people. Um, I I don't like um, I, I don't like corruption. I don't like kind of people being lie telling lies or being deceitful and in that way and um, more tell lies more a wee bit deceptive sometimes but in, in that fashion that really that that really bothered me it still does bother me a wee bit you know what I mean but at the end of the day you know it doesn't really impact me anymore other than how I feel about it so that that was that was really when I was questioning do, do I want to be part of the sport now and at that point I still had a lot of fights left in the tank I was still motivated to do it and I was like do I want to do this but the good thing about that experience is it now gives me the opportunity to make sure that my guys are looked after and also as well with the governing body like setting up the regulatory body for MMA in Scotland the whole point in that regulatory body so stuff like that doesn't happen so people do get the right decision so the judges are impartial so the promotion isn't working against them so it's fair it's equal, you know what I mean? They've got a level they've got a level um a level platform to showcase their skills on. They shouldn't even need to worry about all these other things. They should just be able to go and fight, man. Like just fight and fight honestly. If they get beat, they get beat. If if they lose, they lose, you know what I mean? But there's nothing worse than unjustified decisions and do you know what? I think that has been a big driving force in why I have set up the, the first regulatory body for MMA in Scotland and I've made history with that. But but that's because I, I that's because I'm I'm passionate about it because of situations like that. So a bad experience isn't always a bad one. It's bad at the time, but it's good now because I can change. I've now got the ability to change that moving forward and make sure that I minimise. I can help minimise how much that actually happens. You know what I mean? And help people get treated better, treated fair. Um. So, um. I was a bad experience, but I don't think any experience really is a bad experience unless it changes you for the for the bad and if it changes you for the good it's a good experience so was that what i've been calling scott math the yep. federation uh, yep any significant injuries uh yeah i mean uh i dislocated my shoulder in a fight and again it was because of when they tap out um i've been quite lucky i've never broke a bone in my life like considering the lifestyle i've led i've never broke a bone <laughs> I'm surprised by it as well. I've never had a diagnosed bone break. I suspected that I fractured my shin one time when I fought Adam Stevenson. I kicked him my shin really hard. If you feel pain in a fight, it's because of adrenaline. You've really done some damage. Um, you don't really feel pain in a fight, uh, apart from exhaustion. But I kicked him, they checked it, and it was like, oh my god, I better stop kicking him. <laughs> I was like, I better not kick him with that leg anymore because I was like, I. Hey, 
I'm not sorting, but I was really screaming inside, you know what I mean? And Adam Stevenson's just he's just a complete unit, you know what I mean? He is, he's just he's a he's a tough, tough, resilient fighter, a tough, tough, resilient guy. And I kicked him and I hurt myself. I, I won the fight. Um but uh, it was uh, that that was uh, I was I was I was hobbling about for a while. Uh, uh, Bobby told my bicep with that that armbar, but again it's recovered. Um, so when I say I've really had any kind of, you hear people have like big knee injuries and they have to get their ACL reconstructed or you know arms broken or I've been quite lucky, you know what I mean? Like you hear people with serious brain injuries, nothing like that, you know what I mean? I've always been a bit mental. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so uh, I I think I've come out rather end it. All right, I've not really I've not really sustained any big serious injuries. Um, through fighting, I dislocated my shoulder. It's fine now, so I might be paying the price for it further down the line when I'm a bit older. You know, I will. Um, but in terms of like serious injuries, I dislocated my shoulder. Um, had to get I had to get a brain scan when I had that hematoma as well. But my skull wasn't fractured or anything like that. It was just a really bad hematoma, uh, and had like cuts and stuff like that. I've had my eye cut open. I don't know how many times. Just um, through elbows and stuff, getting get elbowed. Um, I've never really had any teeth smashed out or anything like that. You know what I mean. So, I've been, I've been fortunate. I've been fortunate enough. A lot, a lot more fortunate than, than a lot of people, particularly because of the type of wars I've been in. But I think for my body type and my mentality, I'm resilient. Like I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm a resilient character. Like that's one of my strengths. One of my biggest strengths is resilience, both both physically and mentally. And um and part of that was down to my training as well because I trained hard. You know, I, mean? I trained really hard, tough, desensitised myself to um to to difficult situations. So um, I was quite fortunate. Didn't get really much in the way of injuries, uh, serious injuries. Um, so you know, you've seen a few minutes ago that you went deaf in one ear from cutting weight. I went. Uh, That's a thing. I yeah, I went deaf in one ear. And my voice changed as well. Um, uh, but obviously I was that dehydrated and that dry. I don't know. Maybe my my, my eardrum just stopped functioning. Like you know what I mean. Like it, it was uh, it was pretty horrible. Um, like I just showed you how dry I was. You know what I mean. I was like at the point uh, I was in death's door. You know what I mean. I was uh, I'm slowly but surely killing myself to get to a weight that I hadn't been since I was fifteen years old. You know what I mean? So it was really, uh, I went, that's that's why we have an old weight cut policy in here as well. And again, part of this, we're trying to change the sport and we're trying to drive out weight cuts. Um, and that's something that Scott Math's going to be a big uh, a big push for as well to help get it out of the sport. And, you know, although we can't enforce it, we can encourage and educate. And our guys don't cut weight now. We don't, we don't have, we have a non-weight cut policy. Like when, when we get to fight, there's no dehydration in here. Um, we were first ones to do it in Scotland, potentially the UK. Um, it might even be as far as Europe, I don't know, but I know we're one of the first to do it in, um, in this country. But the sport's going to be changing and it's that's what's going to happen. There won't be any dehydration. That's that's the way the, the, the sport should be heading um, because that's that's not right. <laughs> you're going deaf in one year before. You might be in the best condition of your life before you fight and you're, you're killing yourself just trying to make weight so so you can, you can be big at that weight. It's it it really doesn't make sense. It makes sense to you at the time, but I think part of it is you want to kind of put yourself through as much pain as possible. <laughs> like it's weird. It's like a, a, some weird self punishment thing with fighters. Like you want to get through all this pain and go and fight and even more pain and win. Like it's like that whole overcoming adversity thing. 
and I think fighters like that, you know what I mean? So some of the smarter ones, no, but I was that I was that guy who, who liked to overcome the adversity, but now looking back I'm like I don't I don't regret it. Um but um I certainly wouldn't do it again. So how does that work if you if you if people aren't cutting weight, do you just do people just decide on an opponent? Like how does it work if for weight classes? So we just we just match the fights up at a, a weight that's kind of suitable to what they're at. We get our guys almost walking about the weight they're fighting at, rather than sitting about at 80 and cutting down to 70. Like they're already sitting on maybe a couple of kilo heavier, but they could just lose that through diet, just lose it through good nutrition and training, um, and then we'll match them. Some of the guys just walk about the weight they're fighting at, so we just say I'm very specific. I, my guys don't fight in weight categories. When I match my guys, it's catch weight all the time, so right to the kilo. The next guy, Aiden, he's fighting at 74. Last boy, Owen, he, uh, he was fighting at 73. Um, uh, Heyman, he was fighting at 60 kilo. You know what I mean? So these these guys, my guys are, they fight at very specific weights and I match them at specific weights. And when I match them with other promotions, I tell them I want them at this weight. So if, if the other guy's going to cut weight, I have no control over that. I can't tell them not to do that. Um, that's not my position. Um, but one thing I will do is make sure everything's done right here. So we just match them with the, the weight they're almost at so they don't, there's no chance that they're going to have to do it and all that. You know what I mean? They're going to have to start hitting saunas and doing water loading and going into salt baths and all this kind of stuff. Overheating, you know what I mean? It's no, we, we just we just manage it in a way that's, that, 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 that's no requirement. Okay. We'll shift a little bit to talking about this place where we are right now. New Life Gym. So, how many people were involved in running the gym? Um, it's just myself and uh, my partner, my my wife, my partner in life. Uh, she's uh, she's it's just me and her, basically that that run it. Um, so, um, we do everything. We we're here day and night. We dedicate a life to it. You know what I mean? My my son's here. I get my son Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays. We he's he's mum the rest of the week. Um, so so we spend a lot of time here. So it's just me. Uh, me and my good lady. We have a loads of coaches. I think we've got about nine coaches uh, in total, uh, building on that, maybe ten. Um, so, but these are, uh, we've got a great team of coaches, but they're, they're not involved in massively in the running of it. They are more, they're, they're, that's what they the coach, you know what I mean? And they help, they do more than that, but um, in terms of running the business, it's me, me and my missus. What type of classes do you have going on in here then? Uh, we do boxing, we do jiu-jitsu, we do MMA, we do wrestling, we do uh, kids' classes, we do um, we do loads of different, uh, you know what I mean? We do competitive fight team sessions, um, you know, loads of different kids' classes, that's a big grown thing, ladies' sessions, personal training. So we do it, we do a bit of everything, really. How much time do you spend on... Uh, personal training side? Yeah, I've actually stepped away from personal training. I used to do that quite a lot. It was a bulk, a big um, load of my, a big part of my workload, but I, I don't do it anymore. Like it's, uh, I'm busy running a business, so as well, Jill, she does more kind of PT, she does more coaching training, so we're swapped. Jill was more dealing with the business side of things before because she was a business friends and she wanted to get better coaching more involved in coaching I wanted to deal more with the business so we swapped roles it's taken time um, but we've all um, we've, we've completely swapped roles How many hours would you say you spend a week in here? <laughs> a lot um, Let's say from 7 in the morning to sometimes 11 o'clock at night every day <laughs> Aye 
I was never good at maths, but I know that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Must be about 70, 80 years, you know what I mean? Great, crazy years, but wouldn't have it any other way. Love it. Yes, you're in, so was, when you were in Sandyford, that was your first gym? Yep. Yep. Now you're in the Harry Mill. In the Harry Mill, aye. So why did you move over here? Was that a decision or...? Yeah, so uh, it was an actual progression. Uh, we couldn't grow in that, that current unit, so we needed a bigger unit. We needed a bigger facility. Um, this made more sense financially, and it gave us the opportunity to grow our business. We're going to open up, we're looking to open up a second gym, but it made sense to kind of just make a bigger gym rather than having two gyms we had to travel between. So, um, And then allowed us to get more specific with what we're doing. Upstairs is more kind of fight-orientated training. Um, as we're doing the stairs, a wee bit more colourful, a wee bit more friendly, and it's a bit more recreational, so it gave us a, a, a bit more focus on the type of clientele that we have and allowed us to improve the standards of our business. So, when you were saying earlier about opening a gym when you were still fighting, or that was part of the plan for your training, I think I remember seeing on your website the choice between opening a gym or going in the door. Is that right? Uh, I basically, basically uh, when I... Um, when I started, uh, I, I was unemployed and I've had, it wasn't really opening a gym or going on the door, it was, it was really, I was on the verge of becoming homeless and I didn't want to do a job, I wasn't interested in doing a job that I didn't like or, you know, I'm too, I'm quite an individual character and I like things done my way and I like, I like, I've got my own ideas about, about certain things, I'm quite a strong character so I really didn't want to, uh, Aye, it was it was it was kinda do or die, it wasn't it? It wasn't really a situation. Uh, I had I had to open my own gym, um because because that's the just the way I am and uh two I I I just really wasn't interested in and in going and doing other jobs that I didn't like, you know what I mean? So um I really wanted to be doing something that I, that was my purpose in life. Really that's what that was the main aim of it. My purpose, that was my purpose in life was to to, to do what I want and that's what I wanted to do so I've so I done it and that's the way I love my life I, I do whatever I want to do that's, that's that's the way I love my life it makes me happy I do it you know what I mean uh, happiness over money for me every time uh, and if I find that I start to do something consistently for money then I change that you know what I mean that, that's just the way I am some people like money some people are motivated by it I'm motivated by money because it'll improve my, my business I'll improve my life but the most important thing for me really is fulfilling what I'm designed to do as a person. So what kind of jobs were you doing before you opened your own gym? I've done, I've done everything. I've worked on the doors, I was a photographer, um, I was I was working with kids, taking family photographs and mother care, um, I was a landscape gardener, um, I worked in labouring sites, I've delivered kitchens, uh, heavy lifting, um, yeah, just all a wide wide variety of jobs, but they're all they're all there to support my 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 life as a fighter and a martial artist fundamentally. But the skills I learned with all these things are new things that I, I can apply in my business. So, how did you get the financing to start up? Okay. <laughs> uh, I worked my ass off uh, as I went along. I just built it as I went along. I never had any finance. I never had any secret um, business partners. I just had a group of people who mucked in. Uh, I didn't get any loans off the bank. Uh, I didn't get any finance to the government. Um, I built this for the ground up with nothing, with my own bare hands. 
What's that? Bit strapping. That's that. Uh, I made. I put the flooring down myself, like the the padding on the floor. Um, I painted the walls myself, like everything I done, and with the help of others, like I just built it. Like I just built the gym, the stuff that I had when I had it, and it wasn't that much. But people contributed, man. Like people helped out. Like don't get me wrong. Some people went there's a few hundred quid there, or you know what I mean. But it wasn't like it was some big businessman in the background who went there's some there's there's uh, there's eighty grand going open a, a gym. You know what I mean? Like I just built it. Like be nothing. Like zero. Like. I put myself in a situation and I went, right, I better make this work because I never, I never went to a business. When I started uh, at, at Claremont Street, like, I had nothing, like, zero in my bank, nothing, like, no business experience, no money, like, and I was like, right, how am I going to do this now? I need to figure out how to pay my bills. So I went out and I started working a building site again for £5 an hour. I went and started handing out flyers for £5 an hour on Argyle Street. Jobs I swore I'd never do again. But I knew it was with the end purpose of getting to the position that I'm in just now. I knew it wasn't for the foreseeable. I knew I had to do, I'd just done what I had to do at the time I had to do it to get to where I wanted to get to. And that was it. Like I just, I just, I just grinded. I worked hard and I had faith in my vision and I just continued. I just persevered. I was just, again, like I say, um, resilient. I was just resilient. It was sheer resilience, dedicating every hour, every day in order to, to stay afloat because I don't know many people who could have done it the way I'd done it. Most people when they start a business, I did have a bit of money behind them or had a job with, had money saved away. I never had anything, never had anything saved away, like I say. But I had a lot of good people around about me who helped me and that's because I help a lot of people. And when you help people, they want to help you back and I was fortunate enough to have that. I had the greatest transaction which was good people who liked me and wanted to help me, and that's really what, what was a big part of my success in that point. Can you remember how long it was before the gym went, was profitable? Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, start, it started kind of... I've only started taking a wage personally for the last... Uh, I only started taking a wage like two months ago at the business, so um, it's, we've kept our head above water, but... Um, it kind of probably last year it started getting profitable, um, but that's with the help of my good lady as well. Um, she's got a good business head on her shoulders, and um, but again was moving into your premises. That's went down again a wee bit, but I probably last year or the year before is really when it kind of started kind of getting profitable. But even at that as well, like that's a business in terms of me. I've only started taking a wage, and it's far less than what people probably think as well. Probably close to three pound an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything, one particular thing that was surprising about starting your own business, or something you never expected? Everything. Everything. <laughs> aye. Aye, everything. People can tell you whatever it is you want to do, like this and that. So, something that surprised me was um, how much you need to give to the government, like in terms of like, council tax and uh, your your your, um, your your personal tax and stuff like that for running a business. So, like, I, I, although I knew it, I never really fully understood it, but that that surprises me. Um, how much you need to contribute to um, to the government. Um, not that I'm complaining about it. It's it's you need to pay your taxes. It's important that you do. Um, but it was it was a bit of a bit of a, how to manage that was something I had to learn to do um, more efficiently. Uh, and 
you know, because cause there's quite a big problem with council tax. It's been changed now in, in April, it's a re-evaluation, so it's not quite as expensive for small businesses now, but before it was, and that nearly crippled us, the council tax nearly crippled us, but um, a lot of things in business surprise me, um, but I surprise myself at how good I've got at it. Um, that's probably... It surprised me how much it's probably changed me as well as a person. Some of these questions might get a bit random from here. Uh, is it, what's one thing people might not know about you, even people that know you? Um, uh, I don't know. I like the sunset. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I think I struggle with that question as well. This might be my pronunciation might be off here as well, but I'm calling it. I've been calling it Soma. Right, that's right. Running with as well. So if you could explain for anyone listening what SOMA is. SOMA is a Scottish organisation of mixed martial arts. It's a, uh, we run events, we have fighters. It pretty much embodies the ethos, the same ethos as Scott Math. Um, it's a fair, fair, impartial platform, safe platform for fighters to showcase their skills on. Um, so it's it's an event, we run events with fights. It's a place, a good friendly environment where people can go and enjoy the sport, a good clean sport that's impartial and unbiased. That's basically that in a nutshell. Yeah, let's go with the random rapid fire. I think we right. can miss out. Mostly, probably, there's a lot of these, but you've yeah. obviously answered quite a lot of them uh-huh. as it's gone. Jargon, because I like jargon. So right. what's a term that most people listening to this won't know um, related to MMA? Uh, related to MMA. Any conversation? I don't even know what we're talking about. I don't know. A dullion. Aye, <laughs> 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 you battered him a dullion. You punched him a dullion. That's a Glasgow term. You know what I mean? It's a dull. I think it means it's a dull one, and we've changed that to a dullion, and then it's changed that to a dullion like a billion. So it's it's created a whole new meaning for itself. So um, I I'd say a dullion. Maybe not relate. As relatable to MMA, uh, anybody in MMA, I'd say. Um, um, a, a term that maybe used in MMA, I don't know, sprawling and brawling. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, we could run by so rear naked choke, right? It's right. presumably choking someone from behind them. Yeah. It's a naked bit. Um, that's on a Friday night, that one. So? That's on a Friday night. <laughs> I shouldn't have made eye contact when I said that. Uh, the I, I don't know. I don't know why it's naked, but uh, it's not just a real choke. It's a good question, but uh, I could do research. I think somebody's just maybe uh, came up with that one night. <laughs> so, if someone finds that the punches aren't as powerful as they'd expect them to be, what's the most common mistake people make with punches? It's making them less powerful than they otherwise could be. The balance, they throw their upper body and their arm at it rather than their feet and their hips. Um, so most common uh, most common thing for people always power is their distribution, their balance, their distribution of weight. So weight distribution is the most common mistake someone can make. Uh, wrong weight distribution and a punch is a, is a wrong, is, is a thing that will really have a detrimental impact, impact on your power. F- Favourite fighter? You can only pick one. Vanderlei Silva. Right. He's an animal. He's uh, I watched him. I went, "Wow, I want to be like this guy." And uh, I had the, the the amazing opportunity to train with him when I went and trained in Vegas. I trained with him, um, and I watched the fight that inspired me to take up MMA uh, with him. And I was like, 
oh my god i was like i'm watching a fight that made me get into mma with a guy who's in that fight and i was like looking at him and then i was looking at the fight and i was looking at me and i was like is this really real am i having a dream like and i was that was a really that was a really cool moment as well and uh, i was kind of jet lagged as well because i'd been on the plane so it kind of felt like a dream as well so um, i had to pinch myself a wee bit and i'm not the type of guy to get starstruck or anything like that but uh, I, I loved vanderley so and he was just relentless and didn't care he would absorb your punches he'd walk right through them and he called him that murder he's just mental like he's just he's, he's not even that good technically he's just mental and he's good um so hi <laughs> favorite hollywood fight i don't even know how to word that so one say action martial arts action star that you like if all right uh, so i i'll, I'll give I don't know, I really like Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan's a cool wee guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's happy-go-lucky. He does all his own stunts. Um, so for comedy value, uh, they're not really action. Well, they're kind of action, but Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom Cruise, just for the comedy value, but my genuine like uh, is for Jackie Chan. And favourite martial arts film? Matrix. Nice, nice. It's a solid call. And Batman. Favourite martial arts documentary? I don't know. I was trying to think of the name of one there. It's gone again, one of the Gracies. Name's totally escaped me. Uh, okay, so well, probably a good place to wrap up in that case. Kay. So anything you'd like to recommend to anyone listening, any websites you want to check out, Twitter, Facebook, anything else? Yeah, check us out, man. Check check out New Life Gym, check us out on Facebook, check us out, uh, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, like, if you ever want to, if you're ever at a point in your life where you want to turn things around and you you, 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 you want to use martial arts as a vehicle, then, then come along, man, you'll be welcome to Open Arms, we've got a nice, welcoming, friendly atmosphere, and if we're not for you, then there's other clubs out there as well, man, like, if it's martial arts or other sports and get in touch and if you're not for you I'd be happy to, to pass you on to someone else or I'll recommend another club or another team for you and that's new, is newlifeglasgow.com is newlifeglasgow.com ok well that's a good place to stop then excellent thank you very much cheers thank you you find yourself alone riding in green fields with the sun on your face do not be troubled, for you are in Elysium, and you're already dead! <laughs>